What's going on, Betspurters? We're back with another episode of DFS preview for the 40 Net Championship at Silverado Golf and Country Club, Spa Resort, North Course, the whole shebang. It's a terrible name for databases, but it's a good venue to treat us back to the start of the new season. On how are you doing? Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, you know, golf gets a little bit forgotten with the king of all sports, football, starting again. But, you know, folks shouldn't sleep on the fall swing season here in the PGA Tour. There's so much new young talent and there's actually lots of money to be made. You know, DFS betting, you know, if you put in the time researching, educating yourself on these unfamiliar names, I think doing so is going to really give you a heads up on DraftKings, especially in a week like this, you know, which is the first week back. And, you know, I know that's something you've done a great job of doing that uh, we'll getting into. We'll get into here shortly with all these new corn fairy players. Yeah, we'll get into the Corn Ferry guys here shortly. We're not going to do all of them. It's impossible to get through every every single one, but there will. I have a uh, just if you want a full in detail breakdown, go to my Twitter account. I've got it pinned there. You can find that article, and there's a there's a YouTube video we did of breaking down all of them too. But we're going to just focus on some guys we really like. We are playing this week. It's a it's a fun event. I do echo your sentiments with regards to DFS versus betting. I feel like you can take a much more firm stance on guys that you could literally win a tournament this week with a 1% owned dude because nobody knows what's going on. If you want to get frisky, this is the absolute week to take edges and just really get going on that stuff. And I'm excited for it. And I got burnt last year at the 40 net because I never took account for any of the corn fairy guys. So we're going to do much better this year. We are ready for this. Yep. Talk to us about your course preview before we get going, Yaron. What's cooking on the on the course preview side there? Yeah, so this is a classical tree line course, uh, par 72, uh, just under 7,200 yards. Um, it's the ninth shortest course. So um, really what one of the things that stands out is the mixture of grasses is pretty amazing here. Um, on fairways, you have a mix of Bermuda, Poa, and Rye. When you get to the rough, it's bluegrass and rye. And then the greens are a mixture of poa and bent grass, majority poa, but it's just, I think this is the course with the most different grass types just all mixed together. So, um, but as for, you know, getting more into the course details here, you know, there's not a single par four over 460 yards, eight par fours are between 375 and 435. There's four par fives. Each of them are reachable in two shots. Um, really easy birdie holes, the majority of them. Uh, the par threes are actually the biggest challenge on this course. Um, they average over par with a bogey or worse rate of 21%. Um, as kind of we go through the strokes gained here, like when you get off the tee, there, all types of drivers are welcome, bombers and shorter hitters. Everyone's going to miss fairways here. Uh, the driving uh, accuracy percentage is 51% over the last five years. And a big reason for this is you have the sixth most narrow fairways. Uh, distance is definitely a bonus this week. Um, it's going to lead to shorter irons and wedges into these firm greens. And that's another thing, um, you know, reading the course is, is a bit dry right now. They've had some hotter weather, really no rain. So I think that's another thing to keep an eye on is how firm the fairways and the greens might play here. Um, last year had the highest driving distance ever at 292 yards. So golfers can pretty much pick their line off the tee and bomb away if they choose. Now, another interesting note is this course has the second fewest combined hazards when looking at water and bunkers. You know, there's only 50 bunkers. There's only two water hazards. And the rough is three inches. But even that being said, it's, it's one of the most playable um, roughs on tour. 
Um, the greens and regulation rate from missed fairways is 9% easier than the tour average. And if you take that a step further, the birdie or better rate from the rough is almost 5% higher than the average course. So again, with the rough not being much of a factor, if you have increased driving distance, you have a pretty clear path to success here. And if we take that bomber angle a little further, um, a very interesting quote here by Cameron Champ, who won um, a couple of years ago here. He basically said that was a strategy. He said, sometimes I don't even care if I'm in the rough. It doesn't really matter. I'll just try to position it off the tee. I'll take it in the rough being way up there and hitting driver. And as we move on here, you know, this might be the most overused cliche in golf, but because of the lack of penalty off the tee combined with, you know, some greens that are a little bit sloping, um, Silverado is really a genuine second shot course. So if you have strong iron play, you're going to be able to separate yourself um, from the field. And one of the main reasons for the um, greens and regulation being so high from the rough, 44% of approach shots are coming from the 75 to 150 yard range. And that's 11% above the tour average of only 33%. And uh, Martin Laird, who's in the field, um, he had a very interesting quote about that this week. Um, he spoke about how high ball flights with shorter irons are an advantage by saying, there's some tight pins on the front of the greens that some guys just can't get to if you don't hit it high enough. So if you come in with mid irons and, and low irons, coming in landing soft is definitely a big advantage as opposed to hitting a longer club and coming in a little flatter. Um, lastly, as for the short game, um, Silverado ranks slightly easier than average around the green if you're looking at sand saves and scrambling. Um, it's fair to say kind of putting is the most challenging area on this course. So three putt avoidance is easier, but outside of that, as you get into the putting ranges, um, each of them kind of gradually gets tougher. And it, when you get inside of five feet, Silverado is actually the fifth toughest greens on tour to putt from. Um, and again, they're Pola Anua, and uh, just keep that in mind as well. Uh, players often comment about how they are much bumpier in the afternoon. So if you're playing showdown, uh, morning golfers kind of do have the advantage here, especially when you take the greens into account. I love it. <clears throat> it really does sound that if you take in, into account what you've just said, you can put together a very precise model that uses specific proximity numbers that uses what you're not going to leave. You're not going to put accuracy in your model, right? You're going to use good drives gained and distance, probably a combination of those two, the 75 to 150 birdies, par five scoring. I think the par fives at this venue are very gettable, all of them. And it's going to be fun to watch, especially when it's dry. You know, that rough's not going to be nearly as penal. I think it's going to be bouncing through there. Guys are going to be hitting a lot of wedges into this, into this, uh, into the green. So it's going to be fun, Ron. I think you broke it down perfectly. Um, a nice nuance, like we just discussed prior to getting into the preview there, is we've got 50 Corn Ferry Tour members that are coming onto the PGA Tour for the fall swing. And that changes the whole dynamic of this golf course and the golf event, sorry. Because we have got zero understanding of what these guys are really capable of from a strokes gain perspective for about 80% of them. You know, there's a few uh, Europeaners, there's a few returning PGA Tour members that are coming back, but we don't know what's going on. And there's a few guys that have been highlighted already on, you know, I've listened to multiple podcasts that are really highlighting some, some favorite Corn Ferry Tour guys, but I think we're going to find even sneakier plays where we can really have some guys that have similar upside to the other people that have been mentioned with not as much popularity and hopefully they can really help you um, this week so without further ado we have got that one dollar promotion still going on at bed spurts right for the rest of the year 
all of that jazz cooking there at betspurts.com. Go check it out. We've got all of the tools, all the, all the articles that you guys have got there, that search feature. It's coming along real nicely, and it's a $1 per month for the rest of the year. So check that out. We've got a lot of golf left in the full swing. So go check that out, folks. Now, DFS slate starts at 10-7 with Hideki Matsuyama, Max Homer, Corey Connors, and Sahith Thigala in the top 10K range here. We've really got some interesting guys. Pretty much the cream of the crop sitting in the 10K range. You know, Hideki and Max seem to be the, the two premier players, the two headline names in this field. Both have been playing exceptional golf lately. Hideki does have that upside outside of withdrawing and disqualifying himself with wideout on golf clubs, blah, blah, blah. If you were to choose between Hideki and Max or the other two guys in this range, Ron, where are we going in the 10K range here? And just as a side note, really quick, um, if, if anyone out there has not checked out Byron's top 50 corn players, corn fairy players coming in, I, I came across it this morning, read through most of it, and it's pretty an ama amazing job of research you did there, like just detailed stat base. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go to Byron's Twitter <laughs> and uh, check that out for sure, especially as, you know, some of these names are so unfamiliar, even to me who studies these players. And so it's a yeah. great education um, if you check that out. Uh, but as for the top of the board here, um, you know, we have these four players who are above 10K. And, you know, one of the themes, one of the narratives I am buying into this week is the whole California native player. Who, you know, we have a whole bunch of them this week who are from there. If you look at this event, um, the past eight years, four of them have been from California. Of course, Brandon Steele has won twice, Homa, and of course, uh, Cameron Champ won two years ago. So for me, just, just Hideki, you know, I'm a little concerned about him. You know, the last three months, he's lost strokes overall. He's lost off the tee in his last four, and that never happens with him. And he does not play many of these weak field events. Um, and so at this price, at 10-7, you almost have to have him win. Um, to kind of justify playing him here. And he's never won one of these, you know, weak events. So for me, that's uh, kind of an easy, easy pass. And of course, we can, as we go here, get into the whole President's Cup narrative as well. You know, Hideki, Homa, Connors, a lot of these top guys um, are playing at the President's Cup. So, you know, what's what's their motivation this week? Are they kind of using this as a prep week? You know, that's a whole nother topic to get into. Max Homa, though, he's definitely someone I'm playing. Um, for me, Homa is motivated for greatness. You know, he has flat out said he wants to be the number one player in the world. I think he's a guy who is never going to take a week off. Um, you know, obviously a California native. He's an excellent putter on POA. Um, his wedge play has dramatically improved over the past year. And, you know, I think you would agree. Most people would agree. He's kind of entered that elite status. Um, and so he's going to be kind of one of the cornerstones for me this week. Um, I'm passing on Corey Connors, you know, you have to be really picky here. And, you know, when you look at the last 50 rounds on POA, he ranks 128th in the field for putting on POA greens. And so, you know, losing over one stroke per round. And so, yeah. you know, I know it's, it's, it's getting picky here. We obviously he struggles on putting in general, even though he has improved lately. Um, so that was kind of my reason for crossing him off. And then finally, um, Sahith Stigal is going to be my other guy up top here. You know, he's wildly inconsistent at times. You know, finished 57th at the Rocket Mortgage. You know, he lost 9.4 strokes at the Tour Championship. But then he has all these high finishes. Um, you know, another California native went to Pepperdine. You know, he can be really wild off the tee. But again, one of the themes of this course is you can be wild here and there's really no penalty. And so, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I think he, he can get away with it here. 
Um, he thrives on Poa greens. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, looking for his first win, not being selected for the president's cup, you know, who knows if he uses that as a little chip on his shoulder. Um, but I think uh, home and the are my clear two up here. Uh, so w- what about you? Yeah. <clears throat> so I always, you know, I love you and me being on the show because I was looking at Max and I know he's probably going to be one of the most popular of the guys at the top here. Right. And if I'm looking at his strokes gained approach entering this event, which is, it's not a tour championship. It's not a FedEx St. Jude. If you're struggling with your irons at, an, at a course that you have to make a bunch of birdies at, you can be in trouble because I don't care how many times you can save par. You're losing strokes to the field if you're saving par too much. You have to be hitting on the greens, giving yourself birdie chances. And if he's going to be one of the, the top guys at the top here, with his, his approach play entering this week is abysmal. But he's still sixth in the field over the last 24 rounds strokes gain total. So he's getting it done. But I do think we're shifting from much more difficult courses that we played recently to a course where we're going to have to rely on a lot of birdie making opportunities. And I don't think he's going to give himself enough. And that's just my angle. I'm taking it very aggressive this week. I might not even play a single guy in the top in the 10K range here. Um, there's other dudes that I'm I'm looking forward to playing. Some sneaky plays, but if I were to pick someone, I'd probably roll with Corey Connors. He's been playing some really, really good golf, and I like his consistency. I like his uh, proximity numbers from from the wedge range area there, like you were mentioning. So there's a lot going on with Corey, but the putting, like you said, it's it's sketchy. But he's sitting right there between Sahith and Max. I don't know. You know, we'll see how it goes as the week unfolds. But just throwing out some game theory there, but. I do like Max. I really do. But, you know, if, if we go into a birdie festival like this, I think he might struggle if his irons don't show up. What do, what do you think of that aspect there, Ron? Yeah, the, the only thing I would counter that with is that the average score here has been, you know, right around that 17 under mark. And so, mm. you know, I, I do get to what you're saying. You know, he has not been sharp, but he's kind of been making it up in all the other areas. And so, yeah. you know, that is a good question. You know, will he have enough chances? But, you know, like I, like I'm kind of thinking here it's not like a rocket mortgage where it's you know 25 under you know it's there are there is some challenge here there is some nuance on this course um and i i guess taking the course history route um and the whole california narrative um was just too strong for me you know i had Hmm. to keep him in there so but yeah if if you're looking ownership Corey connors would definitely be the play here i think yeah yeah And, and i think you know this is a dfs show so we're not here to speak about how good someone is in a vacuum we have to look at it from a holistic perspective. So if you're going to roll with Max, you got to do some stuff different. So that's completely fine. I think he's a great play. If you want to get aggressive, you know, that's a reason to fade him. You know, you never just want to fade someone to fade someone. If you want, you have to have a backing for it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking the top there. The next range kind of a little bit bigger. We've got Maverick McNeely, Taylor Pendrith, Cameron Davis, Davis Riley, Tom Hoagie. I'm looking forward to chatting to you about some Tom Hoagie. Emiliano Grillo rounds it out at 9,200 bucks. So I'll start off right away. I'm eyeing the crap out of these guys at the bottom here. Emiliano and Tom Hoagie are my two guys that I think, especially Tom from those wedge proximity ranges there, uh, Ron, I think he's one of the best in the field. Baseline wise, he's kind of gone off the boil a little bit lately. But when when you look at how the course suits a person's long-term profile, I think Hoagie fits this, this course very well. He doesn't have that distance, but he does, you know, drive it quite nicely. So he'll be hitting a lot of his shots from the fairway. And it's just up to the putter as what that gets up to. So 
I think you can definitely find some leverage in the 9K range here with Hoagie. Um, I mean, what his course history is not horrific at this venue. So there's some there's some nice sneaky plays you can do and and go with Hoagie there. And then, as always, I'm just a massive, massive fan of Emiliano Grillo. His putting has come along quite nicely the last few rounds, the last few tournaments. And he's also exceptionally good from that that you know 75 to 150 yard range and he's a, a accurate driver of the ball and he hits it quite far too so there's a lot to like about his off the tee game and he's been in the mix he's been really trying to to win some tournaments lately but he just hasn't got it done we'll see what he can get up to i know the break after you know the season can that hold some momentum who knows but i'm eyeing these two guys down at the bottom i know there's I put an outright on Taylor Pendrith, so go ahead and talk to me about Taylor Pendrith. I really like him, but he's going to be probably the most popular player in the field, right? Yeah, there's so this range, like, and, and you could clearly just skip that whole range and start here. Like, even Mad McNeely, I think he's way overpriced. You know, I know he finished second here last year, but there's no way I'm playing him with how he's been performing recently at, at that price. Um, but yeah, so so one of my strategies this weekend, I kind of change it based on the field is I'm taking a stand on, on a few guys who are much lower in the 7K range, and I'm playing them way over the field. And because I like so many guys up top here, I'm just going to kind of mix and match. Um, and so okay. that's going to be one of my main strategies this week. And so hopefully using that method, and, and that's what I like to do if, if I know, you know, Pendrith and Davis are going to be really high owned. Um, and so that's kind of my way of getting around it is, is kind of mm -hmm. taking a stand on those lower players. But yeah, so Pendrith, I don't think you can go wrong playing him. I think he's great chalk this week. Um, when you look at his recent results, it's just been solid finish after solid finish. Honestly, if his short game shows up this week, you know, he's going to contend for sure. Um, you know, he's an accurate bomber, you know, uh, whose iron play has been really sharp. And so, you know, I think, you know, just his rise as a breakout candidate has been so, so high and so strong that, you know, I think he's almost a must play this week. Cam Davis, I mean, you could almost say the same thing about him. You know, he's coming off his most consistent season of his career. He crushes the par fives, and he's going to have four of those where he can easily get to these in two shots and, and set up eagle opportunities. Um, and he, one thing about Davis that, you know, you would think from a, a, a big, long hitter like him, he actually gains strokes at a higher rate on shorter courses, um, which was surprising to me. And, and I've seen that before, and I actually looked it up, and it, it's true. Um, and so, you know, you have a very short course here, you know, that he can just eat up as far as those par fives go. Um, again, he's a guy who kind of gets a little wild off the tee. And again, similar to, to Thigala, he's he's not going to be penalized for that here. And so, yeah. you know, I really like Pendrith and Davis. I'm kind of undecided on Davis Riley. Um, you know, he's one of my top breakout candidates for the year, just based on how much he improved last year. Obviously, the flat stick kind of is what lets him down. Um, and poor putters have won here before. You know, obviously, when you look mm -hmm. at Brendan Steele winning twice, um, it is a weak field. I think that's another angle to look at. And especially as I get to, to Tom Hoagie here, you know, yes, he is wildly inconsistent. He'll miss three cuts in a row. Again, 10th at the Tour Championship, you know, playing amongst the best players in the world. You know, he won at Pebble Beach on Poa Greens. Uh, when you look at approach, Obviously, you know, I talked about that earlier, how that's kind of the, the differentiator this year, who can yeah. kind of win that proximity game as far as getting closer to the hole. Because a lot of these greens, you know, players do do mention a lot how you want to be on the right side of the hole here. And 
there's almost no one better, like you said, within that wedge range is Tom Hoagie as, as proximity yeah. to the hole. And so, you know, fourth in the entire world in approach over the last 50 events. And I think people forget he's actually the 45th ranked player in the world. You know, he's the fourth yeah. highest ranked player in this field. And so, you know, he's had a lot of good results. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm joining you with, with Hoagie here. I think just with the, the strength of this field being so low, you know, I don't think he should have any trouble making the cut and you know hopefully if he can make the weekend you know he can make a run run then um but yeah so for me it's it's pendrith and davis for sure um along with hoagie would be my three guys and you know agrio is sitting there and i'm kind of getting closer to him because i know he's one of your boys but um mm. you know we'll see i'm, I'm not there yet but uh okay we'll, see. well what can i entertain you with he emiliano grillo ranks eighth in this field in birdie or better percentage right so he's going to be making a bunch of birdies he hits it of country mile. He hits it pretty straight. There's a lot to like about this guy. And he's he's right there above Brendan Steele, who's going to be very popular. So maybe, you know, that can that can help out a little bit too. But I'm totally cool just selling you on Tom Hoagie a little bit. I know you and I like him a lot, and we've got mutual assurance there. So And Grio won here, didn't he? He won here. Grio won yes. here. Yes. Oh, this, this is only a victory, <clears> right? Yeah. I think right out of the Corn Ferry Tour, he came in yep. and won it. So. He can win on this course, so we'll see what he can get up to. And he's been trending in that direction. He's kind of petered off a little bit as the fields got stronger and the events were bigger. Now we got like a John Deere type field where it's going to be not as um, star-studded. I think he plays well in those events. And this, and let me say this: so related to my strategy of of taking a stand at you know some of these seven K guys, you know that opens it up for me. I have the flexibility if I want to throw Grio in there, I can do that now because you know I'm, right. I'm kind of mixing and matching up top here anyways, and so. You know, I think uh, that may be a route I take and just kind of slide him in there as well. I love three things. Cam Davis, also proximity. I put um, a bucket here from 100 to 175. That's kind of the, the, the area I'm focusing on. And Cam Davis is second in this field from that distance. Two, if you're looking at a guy that wasn't playing very well entering the break, take a chance on him because it's been a little a few weeks stretch now that they've had an opportunity to work on their game kind of reassess what's going on chill out maybe just relax play them they could come back playing how they were if they got a solid baseline they could be coming back at that baseline if there was someone who's playing hot you know that momentum could be stopped and then third i love that approach that you're going with with taking a stance on guys that can win you the tournament down low because this event is it can it's proven to be wild right anyone can win this thing there's so much unknowns going into the first event of the, of the new season so taking a stance on some high leverage guys down there is i really really like that approach from you this week Ron. it's something i'm looking forward to doing myself so absolutely back that up cool 8k range starts with brendan Steele, denny mccarthy troy merritt at the top here ends with wyndham clark gary woodland and alex Naren. And while, while we're at it, we might as well mention Justin Sir and Taylor Montgomery and Thomas Dietrich are the first three Corn Ferry Tour guys that make their way into this price range. Justin Sir and Taylor Montgomery, if you go check out my article, like I said, it's pinned to my, my Twitter account at The Model Maniac. Go check it out. It's got extremely detailed summaries of these dudes and it, it describes which guy does what well and what kind of courses they'll play on. So... I kind of bracketed out the courses from easy to medium type courses. And Justin Sun, Taylor Montgomery were two guys that excelled on any golf course you put them on 
for the majority of the time that they were on the Corn Ferry Tour. So these two dudes are obviously going to be very popular. They've been probably the two most mentioned names on all the podcasts I've listened to, rightfully so. You know, they offer the, the highest upside and the highest floor. But they're going to be two Corn Ferry guys that are going to be sitting around double digits entering the week. So you can take the approach of saying, well, there's two Corn Ferry guys just showing up. There could be nerves. You know, this isn't the Corn Ferry Tour anymore. This is their first PGA Tour event. You know, like the first day at my job, I'm 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 not going to give you my A-plus effort. You know, I'm going to try my best, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the work I'm putting out is going to be amazing. So you never know what's going on with these guys. And if they're going to be that high owned, then you can you can find some leverage elsewhere. But also, if you're taking a stance down low, you're more than welcome to, to dive into these guys as they obviously offer that immense upside. So... What are you thinking in this range, Aaron? It's it's going to be quite interesting once we get down lower. So if Taylor Pendrith is not the most owned guy, Brendan Steele might be. Um, you know, he's another guy that I just don't think you can look past the combination of course history plus his current form. Now, obviously the whole the whole putting thing I'll get to in a second, but you know, when you look over the past year, I, I wrote an article about kind of the most improved players in each of the strokes game categories and he was one of the most improved ball strikers and he's always been a pretty solid ball striker but he just took it to another level this past year in fact when you look at the entire every single player on tour over the last six months he leads the entire field um, in ball striking or the entire tour in ball striking not just this field so you know he's a two-time winner here and even in 2015 he was the 54 hole leader he didn't win that year but he led after three rounds um, his last 13 events, and here's the putting issue, last 13 events he's lost at least three strokes putting in six of them. So he's, he's having these weeks where the putter is just destroying any chance he has of contending. However, the good news is on this course, okay, over his last eight events here, he's gaining an average of 1.4 strokes putting per round. Okay, So, yeah. again, I think you have to take that into account where you have these bad putters, but perhaps these greens that he's very familiar with, you know, you know, that's kind of a reason, you know, for me to kind of counter those arguments about the putting issues. So um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but I just think that combination of factors is too much to keep him out of your lineup. I, there's no way I can argue with any of that logic, right? The pieces are just all seem to be falling into place. And if you're going to be picking a guy that's going to be probably one of the higher owned players in the field, why not do it? at $1,000 cheaper than the guy that's going to be the next closest, right? It just opens up the rest of your your slate that you can fill in a few other five guys with another $1,000 worth of salary or just leave it on the table, whatever you want to do. You can really just go crazy with it. And he really does offer you a lot of other, other alternatives to go with. And the ball striking is undeniable, man. We've got like Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, you know, all these incredible players that, on the PGA tour that he's out striking, right? Which is ins insane. And he, and against Hideki Matsuyama, who's a fantastic ball striker as well. He's got him pegged in this field too, by a, by a bit. So and he's he another get... California guy, another guy from uh, West. So, you know, playing that narrative. Yeah. And that putting on, if there's absolute relevance to the putting well on certain courses, that's just how it is, you know? So I think, Brennan Steele, absolutely smash play. You know, if you want to get him in there, just, you know, follow the rules of rostering a high-owned guy, and then you're good to go. I really think he's going to be fun to to go with. Um, you know, maybe pair him with Troy Merritt, who's kind of 
one of my other favorite guys I always like to mention, and he's a really, really good ball striker when we're speaking about guys that have been playing well. I know he had coming out of the Honda Classic. I mean, sorry, not the Honda, the the playoffs where there's a lot of water, kind of like the Florida swing. You you must always pay attention to the strokes gained approach numbers over the last 24 rounds. They can get super skewed. So I think Troy had a few bad rounds and he's still playing really good golf. So, you know, if he's going to be in that range there, I can pair him with Brendan Steele and we're cooking with gas. I love that idea. And um, Thomas Dietrich is going to be a very interesting player because he's played a lot of uh, golf on the European tour. He's also played a few rounds on the PGA tour. He made all three of his cuts that he played in the PGA tour the last time he played them. And he's super consistent with some good upside. So he's he's one of the, the top five guys when you know you, you order the last 24 rounds by true strokes gained. He's 15th in this field. And not a lot of people know about Thomas Dietrich because he's sitting right there by Taylor Montgomery, who everyone's talking about. And he's not as good as Taylor, but he's going to be a sneaky play. And I, I like him a lot this week, especially from a game theory perspective. He's he's a very consistent guy, and he's got some good some good skill sets that suit this golf course quite nicely. Um, any other guys you got cooking? Yeah, I think we're going to skip over Webb. You know, I'm not going there. There's other players I want to do. Um, Justin Sir is going to be also very, very popular. So, yeah, I don't um, know. So, so there's one corn fairy guy I'm playing this week, and it's it's partly due to reading your article. And so Taylor Montgomery, you know, from all accounts, and again, I, I'm going to be educating myself a lot more on these guys, especially as you kind of watch them play this week and into next week. You know, it's really good. Encourage everyone. Again, if you don't get PGA Tour Live, you know, ESPN Plus, it's it's a great. It's a really cheap, great purchase there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's a birdie machine, you know, three top tens in his last six weeks. The thing that really sold me on him is he played at the Farmers this past year on POA and he finished 11th. Okay. And so, you know, apparently driving accuracy is his biggest issue. And so, you know, kind of in the the, the Cam Davis, the Gala mold, you know, again, not going to matter here. There's no hazards. You know, he made the cut at the 2020 US Open, which was impressive. Um, and so I think he's a guy who, you know, not as much experience as, as Dietrich or, or Justin saw here. Um, but I think, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I think a lot of people aren't going to know much about. And so if that ownership comes in low, you know, I may load up on him even more. Um, I think Trey Mullinax is really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. he has three missed cuts here, but he's clearly a new player. Like something clicked for him over the last few months. You know, he has three top 12s, including a win at the Barbasol and he has a fifth and a 12th in those stacked playoff events. I mean, you're looking at the FedEx St. Jude, the BMW, you know, it's not like when the field yeah. strength increased, his play stayed consistent. And so, you know, he kind of fits that profile I'm looking at as well, you know, kind of the bomber who can get hot with the putter. Um, so I think, I actually think he's kind of mispriced here. I think just based on his recent play, he should be a little higher. Um, another guy, you know, and I'm, I'm going to go here and I told myself I wasn't, but Webb Simpson, and I know you're not going to like this, um, but again, not playing at the President's Cup, even though he's going to be there kind of as a coach. Um, I just think he's ultra-motivated. Now, that doesn't always translate into his game being improved dramatically. But again, his history on these short courses is so strong. Combined with the weak field, combined with people probably not wanting to play him. And so he's kind of one of my biggest ownership plays here is – 
you know, is, is going with him at 8,400. I do like Gary Woodland a little bit. You know, he kind of had a nice rebound year, five top tens of the last season. You know, he's back inside the top 50 on tour off the tee. So when that off the tee game is clicking for him, kind of everything else follows. Mm -hmm. He typically plays very well out West, obviously winning the U S open at Pebble beach. Um, and so I think he's really interesting also um, at that 8k price tag. Yeah. And before we jump into the sevens, I think it would be remiss if we never mentioned Wyndham Clark, who does the two things we're looking for is hit good drives and then also make sure that he's making putts. So I think between the two of those things, he does them very well, usually, you know, from a baseline perspective. So I think he's a good play too. And it's going to be real fun because there's a lot that can go on in this course. So like I said, embrace that volatility and and we're going to ride some guys that you take a good stance on. And, and we're getting into that range now that you said, okay, let's overexpose ourselves on some guys that aren't going to be that high owned and, and go from there. So starting off with Jason Day, Chris Kirk, Carl Yarn, Cameron Champ, who's I think believe he's won here before. And um, it ends out with, this is a massive 7K range all of a sudden. So let's just stop at the $7,500 range, which has Kevin Streelman, Taylor Moore, and uh, Chez Reavy. So talk to me about those guys. We've got Jason Day, Chris Kirk, and Carl Yarn, who's Carl Yarn's another, another guy that's one of the I'd say he's like a B-level Corn Ferry Tour guy. If, if say, Justin Sir and Taylor Montgomery would be the two A's, I'd put him in the B category for sure. He does a lot of stuff really well over the last 24 rounds. Playing off a true strokes gained perspective here, he's 38th in this field. So 7800 bucks. you know, if you're going to give me a, a guaranteed top 40 for a guy that's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour with really good results... Carl Yarn's a guy that we definitely can go to. And, um, yeah, he hits it a long ways. His game suits his golf course really nicely. I like him, yeah, as a, as a Corn Ferry pivot, you know. I'm going to leave him to you, and I'm going to turn to somebody who has a chance to be really low-owned because he's kind of the forgotten man here, and that's Jason Day. Now, when you dig into the numbers, okay, first of all, he's gained three straight on approach. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about how he's just working nonstop, literally around the clock on his swing. Um, he really wants to get back to the top here. Um, and, and when you look at his just his week to week game log or event log, you know, the really big reason for his inconsistency is he cannot align his irons and his putter on the same week. The week his irons are strong, his putter fails him. And then likewise, when his putter's strong, he struggles on approach. So, you know, if, if he can just combine those together, um, you know, he loves POA. He loves playing out West. Um, he has 11 top fives over his career playing in California. Um, you know, he's still one of the best off the tee. When you look at his off the tee, he's, he's in the green every single event. Yeah. Um, and so this is his debut, surprisingly, on this course. Never played here before. But I just think at 7,900, it's it's not exactly the same as Webb. I have more confidence in Day than I do Webb. But, you know, he's been struggling. People are kind of forgetting about him. Ownership, expect to be very low. Um, and I just think, you know, this weak field, I think he's he's too good of a play here. Um, Cameron Champ is another one who, you know, in my opinion, he's underpriced. Silverado kind of appeals to his kind of his volatile skill set. You know, a guy who can obviously knows his distance. Um, but he does thrive in weak fields. You know, his three wins have come in, you know, pretty weak field events. And so, 
you know, I just think another California guy, he's won here. It's just too simple to me. I, and, you know, maybe his ownership will spike. You'll have to watch it as the week goes on. But I just think he's another guy you just have to put in there. And then Ches Reeve, you know, I know you brought him up, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect to find what I saw when I, when I dug in here. You know, he's gained ball striking his last seven events. You know, he won at Barracuda, which is not even in the data. Um, his short game, which had kind of failed him in recent years, is on the rebound. He has an, an affinity for Poa Greens. And he has never missed a cut here at this course. He is eight for eight, perfect eight for eight. Wow. And, he, and he's never finished worse than 33rd. So, again, if, if you're looking at, you know, probably not going to win, although, you know, who knows. But, you know, if you're just looking for consistency, a guy who's going to make the cut has a chance with some upside here, who's got a great history, you know, I think he's kind of a guy who um, would fill out this range for me. I love it. He's I have baseline approach, last 24 rounds approach, and the proximity numbers from one, um, 100 to 175. His worst ranking in this field is ninth. Ninth, fifth, and second. So the ball striking numbers for him are just sensational. And like you said, he's played well yeah before. And so this this course suits his eye. I love it. 7600 bucks, nice and cheap as well. Ownership play, check it out. You know, pay attention what's going on there. But if you're pairing him with Jason Day, who I, I love that, Ron. I love Jason Day as a play, especially under under 8K in this field. You know, when we were playing Jason Day at like nine and a half K or whatever, that was a bit of a, okay, what are we doing here? Because he does have that withdrawal issue, right? He can withdraw on a heartbeat, but it's looking like we're doing good. So let's scoot down to the underneath the 7,500 bucks here. And I'm looking at Nick Hardy right away, along with some Michael Gligic and Stuart Sinks one year before too. He hits at a country mile. And when it comes to Stuart Sinks game, I have a major, major issue with him because when there's water, he seems to just find it. I don't know why, but he he makes the most birdies ever. You go ahead, Ron. Okay, so yeah, so so Stuart Sink, he like you said, he's a guy who who tends to pop here on these type of courses. Um, you know, his distance, you know, one of the longer hitters, even for his age. Um, kind of taking it up to the top level, though. I do like Nick Cardi. You know, he's gained a lot over the past year distance-wise. Um, his uh, POA putting is the best uh, as far as looking at grass type. But a guy, same price, I'm going to look at here really strong. Another Los Angeles native, J.J. Spawn. You know, he ended the season really strong, finishing uh, 23rd at the BMW. He was ninth here in 2020. And he's a guy who's really turned the corner just from the consistency perspective. Um, when you look at his last 20 events and you just take the averages, he's gaining in every single category. So every single strokes gained, you know, so that level of consistency, again, on a, on a course that I think is a good fit for him. Um, I like him. I think Alex Smalley is another breakout candidate here, uh, but I'm going to go down here. Um, and and this is the, the range that I'm talking about where there's so many guys that I love. So starting with Mark Hubbard, another Cali guy, loves POA, shorter hitter on a short course. You know, I think he's in a great ownership spot here. You know, he struggled his last three. But before then, you know, he was third at the Barbasol, fourth at Barracuda, 13th at the John Deere. He's got two top 16 finishes here. He's actually sixth in approach in the entire field when you look at the last 50 rounds. And so great play. Patrick Rogers, I could not believe he opened up on the betting odds as 110 to one. Like he has two recent top sixes here. He's made five cuts in a row. 
on this course, you know, and to me, he's a perfect course fit. You know, he's again, the bomber type who can putt. And so, you know, these greens with the sloping, you know, when you want to be on the right side of the hole and, and he's a guy who can make putts when he's not on the right side of the hole. And so he's a guy who I'm looking at in the kind of in the midst of the most consistent stretch of his career, you know, making nine of his last 12 cuts, seven top 35 finishes in his last, you know, 12 events. So he's a guy I love. Um, um, Svensson, Adam Svensson at 7,200, huge upside. You want to go Callum yeah. Taren at 7,200. You know, he's locked up his tour card. He has a great history this past year on kind of shorter courses, high finishes at Detroit, Sedgefield, uh, Deer Run. He's top 15 driving distance, top 15 par five scoring. And I'll conclude Chris Goddard. Okay. So he doesn't have yes. status yet on tour. But he, you know, he's going to need to take advantage of opportunities like this when you have this week of a field. And like we said, he's free to bomb away here. Okay, yeah. one of the longest hitters on tour, up and coming guy. And you know, if he spikes with his irons, which he has done in three, or I should say, in four of his last eight events, he's gained three plus strokes on approach. So if he has another week like that, um, where he can take advantage of his distance, um, and if he can kind of focus in on those proximity ranges this week, you know, I think you know. Got her up, Hubbard, Rogers, going up to JJ Spawn. You know, these are guys I'm going to be way over the field on. And then, like I said, you know, mix and match up top. Yeah. And they've, they've all got some really good upside, you know, in this field, especially. So I love the Chris Goddard player as well. I think he tends to play a lot better in the PGA Tour events versus in the Corn Ferry events as well. So I think maybe he's more cut out for the big moment. But yeah, he didn't play too hot in the Corn Ferry Tour finals so that's an interesting interesting aspect there another guy that i think you can kind of get sneaky with is brendan todd he is not a bomber he's going to be hitting it in the middle of the fairway a lot and he's one of the best putters in the field so if we're going to be talking about a course that you know drive it far and make putts he doesn't necessarily drive it that far but he's also a very very good putter. He's one of the best in the field. You know, Denny's obviously in the field too. So between the two of them, they've got that covered. And he's also not the worst from the one twenty, uh, the hundred to the one seventy five range. So he's probably going to find himself not anywhere near the the hundred range. He'd probably be sitting in the one fifty area because he doesn't hit it that far. But his short game is fantastic, and I think when it doesn't matter that much, you can really lean on it a bit more too. You can really capitalize on the short game. And then another guy is Matthew Neesmith. I'm a big fan of him here too from a from a low price, low owned perspective. Ball striking phenom. Just hoping for the putter to show up. If he if he can do that, then then we'd look then we're looking really, really good from from uh Neesmith's perspective. All right. Now we get into the dumpster and we've got a lot more corn fairy tour dudes in the in the dumpster range here. We've got starting off. We've got Ricky Fowler in the field even. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> Ricky's back. Let's see what he can get up to. I don't know what his situation is. He's – I don't think his priorities are aligned. He's But he dropped caddies. He dropped coaches. He's – Yep, everything. Next, he's going to get divorced. I mean, this guy's just getting rid of everyone that's important to him right now. So, we'll see what Ricky's future holds. But right underneath Ricky is Michael Kim. And he is one of – my favorite corn fairy tour graduates slash PGA tour veterans slash comeback player of the century. The guy's been on the tour. He's been off the tour. He's gone back to corn fairy. He's done all that. When looking at his profile, 
He started off the Corn Ferry season really sketchily, struggled mightily. Started playing better golf in the last six months and then really improved on that golf over the last three months. He's just, his game is peaking. It's it's trending in the right direction. I think he's found a system that's working for him. He's he's really, really, really looking good. And over the last 24 rounds, he's 21st in this field. So, uh, strokes gain total. So, if you're looking at a guy that's 21st in the field over strokes gain total over the last 24 rounds at 6,900 bucks, sign me up for a guy that can go and absolutely demolish this field because didn't he win that John Deere classic in the most ridiculous fashion? He just absolutely swept the field. So he does have that upside. His irons can fire. His game's electric. Let's see what he can do. And then there's a few other guys. I'll just mention some corn fairy dudes. Will Gordon is another guy that is also, he's 49th in true strokes gained. And these guys really struggle to get that, that ranking up there because of just the people they're playing with. But He's 49th in a PGA Tour event field. So he's better than half the field already. And he's $6,900 at 4%. So love Will Gordon. And then Marty Zechang Do is a really weird name. He's Do Zechang, Zechang Do, Marty Do. I mean, he's got four different name combinations out there, depending on what websites you use. But he's going to be super low owned. And he's also got immense upside, hits it quite far. He was one of the guys that stood out to me the most when we looked at, you know, just upside on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. So $6,900, he's very, very cheap. And then MJ Duffy is another guy on the Corn Ferry Tour. South African boy, hits it a country mile. He was um, known as a, a premier Monday qualifier dude that can absolutely light it up. So he can easily go out there and just shoot at a par on any given day. So those are the some guys that I'm really a big fan of going into the week. And then one more person is Robbie Shelton. He's 20th in the last 24 round strokes gain total. True, $6,800 looking like he's going to be very low owned. Robbie Shelton, he's got one of the highest upsides on the tour from the Corn Ferry side of things. And I'm a big fan of him as well. So yeah, love these Corn Ferry guys in the 6K range a lot. Are you actually playing them though? Or do you just like them? Are you playing them this week? I'm going to play... Robbie Shelton and Michael Kim. And then there's a guy called Kevin Roy, who I really like. He leads the Corn Ferry Tour in par five scoring. And I think that can help a lot at this venue. So those are the three guys that I'll definitely be playing in this range. Might sprinkle the other few guys in there a little bit, but definitely those three. Yeah, that's what I love about us is that, you know, you take, you have much more approach where you're taking chances like i like to look at it from you know i'm more more conservative you know i like to play the familiar guys that i know and so that being said though this is the most guys I, i've ever liked down in the 6k range and i guess if you start at the 7k exactly you know again i mentioned this before but kind of my strategy down here is if there's players who have high class who have shown they can win in the past who have win equity even though their form is horrible. And, and like you said, a lot of these players have had a break here. So they're, everyone's kind of getting a fresh start. And so that's one route I'll take. And so I got like a Harris English who people have completely forgotten about. I mean, it was just last year that he, you know, oh, yeah, you know, had, I can't remember how many wins he had. Um, it was just on the Ryder cup team. Like, you know, so he's been horrible lately. Okay. But 
he's worth a chance at 7K. Lucas is another one. His form may be worse than any other player in this field as far as a guy who's won before. Okay, but again, it's kind of a fresh start here. I'm willing to try Luke List. Um, again, kind of fits the bomber angle. Tyler Duncan is a ball striker at 7K, who is kind of one of my top 10 players to have a breakout year this year. And so he's a guy um, that I really like as well. Joseph Bramlett, California narrative guy. Um, okay. Again, he'll really thrive on the par fives here. He's played this course a lot. Um, so he's a guy like at 6,800. Even Joel Damon, you know, sitting there at 6,700, Joel Damon um, thrives on these shorter courses. You know, another guy who kind of had his struggles. And again, that I'm guessing that's the reason a lot of these guys are priced lower is they're just, their form is just horrible. But again, I think he's a guy who, who can, you can mix a match and throw in there. Patton Kazire, another guy who tends to pop and, and spike in certain weeks. And, you know, he's another guy at 6,600. You have Nick Taylor. And there's a lot of guys, even if you want to play the, um, the course history angle here, and just go based on that alone. Like Nick Taylor is 11th in this field with the most strokes gained here. He's got two top tens in the last five years on this course. Um, going down further, Kevin Tway sitting there at 6,300 who's won here. Um, he's another guy in the top 10 on this course in the past. And even Harry Higgs. Okay. Good old Harry. He's sitting there at 6,200. <laughs> he finished second here just two years ago. He finished 23rd the year before that. And so, you know, I think you can, you know, if you wanted to play, you know, Homa and Pendrith and Cam Davis in a lineup together, I think there's just so many options down here where, you know, even if, even if Harry Higgs just makes the cut, you know, it just gets you into the weekend, you know, at 6,200, you'll take that any day of the week. Yes. And he's got that distance too. I love, and you love watching, like, why would you not want to root for Harry Higgs? You know, that guy's a character, fun to get behind. And like you said, that course history is right there. So he makes putts and he hits it far. So I love that. And 6,200 bucks, no one's going to care about him down here. So is there anyone else in the bottom of the barrel? I don't really see too many people that I'm a big fan of down under the $6,200 banner. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's recap our, our two favorite plays for above 8K. Or should we go 7.5K? Give me your, your, your favorite play from 7.5 up and then underneath that. Well, let's do 8K today. Okay. okay with doing 8K I'll, today? I'll give you, I'll give you an 8K range. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, above 8K. Um, I just don't think you can go wrong with um, with Taylor Pendrith. I know he's going to be high owned. Okay. Um, you know, if he's if he's twenty five percent, I'll be fifty percent. So I think obviously okay. you, you have to do that if you're gonna uh, if you're going to uh, play that much of him. Cool. I think I'm going to do the same thing with Emiliano Grillo. I'm going big on Emiliano. I've been on him for a while. It's time for him to go and get that second W at the same course again let's do it we've seen last season we saw a bunch of guys go back and hit and win at the same courses let's do it again under 8k ron who's the guy that's above seven and a half that you like yeah this is a tough one so jason day was that guy you know for looking okay. at you know just just below 8k at 7900 you know i think he's just from all the things i said before ownership California history, um, just kind of his motivation, his drive to get his game back. And again, I'll go, I'll go one B here with with Patrick Rogers. I think he is a tremendous play at seventy three hundred. Um, so I really like both of those this week. Would be really highly owned as far as in my lineups. Okay, yeah, I have no idea where Robbie Shelton is yeah, but I'm going to go with him, whatever his number was. I think he's in the sixty eight hundred dollar range. So yep, yep, can't quite find him right now, but. 
he's my guy. I think spend all this this effort putting in that article together with these 50 dudes. Robbie Shelton's going to be my man. I think he's going to play some good golf. And then seems that we're doing a 1B. Michael Kim's the other one. I love them too, especially down super low down here. But awesome stuff. Fortinet Challenge Championship. Let's see what we can get up to. Yeah, I love I love our discussions. I love the strategy that we got. The course preview was amazing. I think there's some definite angles we can take. $1 for the BetSports subscription for the rest of the year per month. Go out and check it. There's some fantastic stuff out there, folks. Um, I'm Byron Lindicu, the Model Maniac. Go check out all my stuff on my Twitter account. It's all there. Ron, is there any stuff that you got coming out over the next little while that you want the people to see? Yeah, so on our member Discord, you know, all of us, you know, me, Ryan Noonan, uh, a couple of us, you know, we post our, our outrights. And, you know, I like to hit those early because there's so much value on those lines. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, just for the $1 a month, you know, you can get in our member Discord. You know, there's so much valuable stuff. I, I post all kinds of charts and um, data stuff in there as well, even more stuff than I do on Twitter. So uh, just for that alone, it's worth it. Course previews. Um, so we'll have we'll kind of get into a little DFS article tomorrow. First round leader. Um, back at that, been slumping a little at that lately. Those are tough. Yeah, um, so hope to get back on track with those. Um, and yeah, even uh, we're going to. I'm personally, we're going to start doing some uh, DP World Tour stuff starting in the new year. Mm -hmm. So, kind of getting my research going with those players. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a lot of advantages to be had if if you can get knowledgeable on those guys as we move Absolutely. forward here too. So, yep. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to be really intrigued to see where you go with that one too. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you guys in a few weeks' time. I think without the President's Cup, we're going to give that a skip next week. But the next PGA Tour event, that's a regular event, we'll be back. So check you guys then.